Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. I want to talk to you about this subject for a little while tonight, refocusing on my worship. Refocusing on my worship. This morning I dealt a little bit with the subject of worship in the uh, 11 o'clock service. And uh, of course I dealt with that Ark of the Covenant and David having the Ark of the Covenant brought back in and David dancing before the Lord when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back in. I really felt like I lost a lot of people in that service this morning at 11 um, in the history of that Ark and the types of that Ark. But that's what makes every bit of it, man. The type of Christ, the type of the presence of God and the glory of God. David danced before the Lord. David worshiped God uh, when the glory of God was brought back, when the ark of God was brought back. I was thinking about that this afternoon and these verses came to my mind. Uh, I wrote a few things down this afternoon. I want to give you on refocusing uh, on our worship. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said this in the book of John chapter number 4. They that that worship Him uh, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And um, uh, worship is in order tonight. We have allowed the charismatic movement to scare us to death of the word worship tonight. We have allowed them to scare us of saying, Amen. Praise God. That's right. And um, we've allowed them to... But can I say this? Before there was ever a Baptist, yeah, man, and that's what I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Baptist from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I'm independent, fundamental Baptist. But anyway, you say, if you wasn't that, what would you be? I'd be ashamed tonight. Uh, I believe it's the closest thing that lines up with the Word of God tonight. Amen. But I, I thought about that before there was a Baptist, before there was a Methodist, uh, uh, they're not going to shout much anyway. But before there was any other thing like that, before there was a charismatic. You know what there was? There was old time Holy Ghost filled worship down at the house of God. And I want to say something to you tonight. Uh, We ought to refocus uh, on our worship tonight. I want to ask you a question before I preach tonight. When was the last time you worshiped? When was the last time that you worshiped the Lord? Uh, I'm not talking, I didn't say when was the last time you went to church. Uh, I didn't say when was the last time you prayed. Uh, I didn't say when was the last time you read the Word of God. Uh, I said, when was the last time that you worshiped God? When was the last time, can I say it this way, you got lost in your worship? You say, you mean I, I can get lost? You know, you can't get lost again if you're saved. Once saved, always saved. It's one of the plainest doctrines in the Word of God. Whenever you study the Word of God out, in every verse in its context, uh, I, I'm once, I got saved one time. Christ died one time. Christ resurrected one time. Christ ascended one time. Uh, I'm saved. I'm not talking about getting spiritually lost. I'm talking about you got let me just say, you got drunk in your worship. When was the last time you worshiped God so much that you embarrassed your own self while worshiping? 
Can I just say this to you tonight? True worship will embarrass the flesh. David even said that, and I preached on that this morning. He said, if you think today was something, uh, you come back tomorrow and I will baze myself. I will humiliate my own self in the way that I worship. Refocusing on our worship tonight. Look with me, Exodus chapter number 15. If you found your place, let's stand. In honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. The Bible said this in verse number one of Exodus 15. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, uh, um, which consumed thee um, uh, as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters uh, were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congled uh, in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Look what the Bible said in verse 10, Thou didst blow with thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretched out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. For the sake of time, skip with me over. Look in verse number. Uh, look in verse number sixteen. Fear and dread shall fall upon them, for the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone, till thy people pass over. O Lord, to the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. Look in verse number eighteen. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with the chariots and with his horsemen into the sea and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Watch this in verse number 20. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her, watch this, with timbrels and with what? Dances. The Bible said this in verse number 21. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed glorious. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Here's what I want to look at on refocusing on our worship tonight. Here's what I want to preach on. Why Miriam danced. 
I preached this morning on why David danced and I thought, well, I believe I'll preach on dancing just a little bit more tonight. Why did Miriam dance? David danced because the ark of God had been brought back. But why did Miriam dance right here? Boy, oh boy, I believe when we look in this chapter, we can see the reason that Miriam and all the women breaks out with a timbrel and a dance. Father, help us tonight. May your will and way be done. We need you, God, uh, uh, more than the breath that we breathe. God, may he, the Holy Ghost, rest upon us. I pray, God, that you touch our throat tonight. Preach us in power and unction and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. Now, give me just a minute to bring you into where we're at in Exodus chapter number 15. If you know the Word of God, you know what's going on. You know everything that chapter number 15 is referring to in these first 20 or 21 verses. But if you don't, give me just a minute and let me explain it to you. You remember a story years ago when you was in vacation Bible school about the children of Israel being in the land of Egypt. And God sent a deliverer and his name was Moses to bring them out. And they taught you about the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea on dry land. Anybody ever heard that story of the children? Well, there's about three of y'all. Let me try that again. Anybody ever heard the story of the children? We're working on praise tonight. Step one, raise your hand. Anybody ever heard the story of the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea on dry land? And after they crossed the Red Sea on dry land, what happened? God gave them deliverance over the Egyptians that day and Pharaoh and his army they watched die right there in the Red Sea that day. I began thinking about that and when you come to verse number 1 of chapter number 15 God has brought them across now. They're standing on the sweet banks of deliverance for years and years and years. Uh, they've been under the bondage of Pharaoh. Uh, uh, they've been a servant in Egypt's land. Uh, but God passed by their way uh, and God sent a deliverer uh, to them in their bondage. Uh, and that deliverer led them out of Egypt's land and across the Red Sea and they began their journey towards Canaan land. So where are they at? When we come to chapter 15 they're standing on the sweet banks of deliverance. Can I ask you a question tonight? Is there anybody in the church house that remembers the day that she was living in the bondage of this world and the devil being Pharaoh had you locked up as a slave but the good God of heaven loved you enough to send the Holy Ghost of God by your way one night and convict you of your sins and show you your need of a Savior and you bowed your unworthy head in the presence of a holy God and recognized that you was lost and asked God to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart that very moment we began standing on the sweet banks of deliverance I don't know about anybody else but 
but I sure am glad I'm on the other side now. I'm glad I'm not living in Egypt anymore. I'm glad that he saved me from the outside. And that's where they're at, man. God has now brought them across the Red Sea. And God has allowed them to watch Pharaoh and his army die there at the Red Sea. So Moses, matter of fact, from everything that I can study, this is the first song in the Bible. Probably the first song, period. It's the first recorded. And uh, they break out in a song. Now, I understand that Moses is the author, but there is a song of Moses also in the book of Deuteronomy. But Moses breaks out in a song. He begins to sing, and the people begin to sing. And these first few verses is all a song. That's what they're singing. They're singing this. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? You know what they're doing? They're reminiscing what God done in chapter 14. They're reminiscing God taking the chariot wheels off. Read chapter 14. When those chariots from the Egyptians, I was reading back through it today, when those chariots from the Egyptians got into the midst of the Red Sea, God took the chariot wheels off. So the Bible said, he took the chariot wheels off and they drave them hard that day. Can I say something to you? As they began reminiscing what God had done for them, how good God had been to them. You know what it ended up doing? It ended up provoking worship in the children of Israel. When we look back on what God's done for us and how good God's been to us and how God God has blessed us. You know what it ought to do to us? It ought to provoke us to worship God for who He is and what He's done. Oh, yeah. And you know what happens? Miriam, Miriam breaks out with a timbrel and a dance. She begins, you know what I look this word dance up? And you know what it meant when you look it up? I went to Blue Letter Bible. If you don't use Blue Letter Bible in your studying, you're missing out. I went to Blue Letter Light Bible. There used to be a day that you had to go to the bookshelf. You had to get your, uh, uh, your concordance off. And you had to go through and find the number of this word. And then you had to go to another one. And you had to find that number in that one. And then you got the word there and you didn't have no clue how to pronounce it. Are you with me? Now you just go to Blue Letter Bible, pull that verse up, click that number, and it tells you everything. So that's what I did. You say, well, that's cheating. Call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it's a blessing from God. I clicked it, Brother Brian, and here's what that word means. Are you ready? Dance. That's what it meant. It meant to Dance. You say, how did she dance? I don't know how she danced, but I know she danced. You know, when it said that David danced before God, you know what it meant he died? It meant that he danced before the Lord that day. I don't believe, Brother Buster used to preach on this on the ministry in Mara, and he would say, I don't believe that she done the hokey pokey and she turned herself around. But she danced before God that day. She worshiped God. 
What provoked her worship? The walk down memory lane. That's what. Why did she worship? Well, look with me in verse number 2 of chapter number 15. I believe in this one verse we can see what provoked Miriam to dance before God. Look what your Bible said. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength and song. And he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. Can I say number one tonight? The reason that she danced before God as she walked back down memory lane. As the children of Israel walked back down memory lane. As those ladies began to break out in a timbrel and a dance that day. Here's the first thing. I think uh, that caused them to do that. They recognized uh, the strength. Uh, They recognized uh, the strength. Look what your Bible said in verse number two. The Lord is uh, my strength. Not anybody else. Uh, They didn't say that Moses was. Uh, They didn't say that Aaron was. Uh, Those other ladies didn't say that Miriam was. Uh, But here's what they said. The Lord is my strength. The capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Whenever you read that in the Old Testament, here's simply what it is. The I am that I am. Amen. You know what he said to Moses? When Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He said, you just go down there and say the I am that I am hath sent thee. Can I say something tonight? I don't operate in the power of my own strength. In my own strength, I'll do nothing but fail. But when I submit my life to him, I can say this. There is a strength from another world that moves into me. And it causes me to worship him. To worship him. What caused it? What provoked this? Why did she dance? Because she realized where her strength come from. Oh, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know. Leslie and I was talking today. We was planning Madeline's graduation. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I do know this. I know who holds tomorrow. And I know whenever tomorrow gets here, there's somebody a whole lot bigger than I am going to be there waiting on me. There was a strength. Look at this. The Bible said this, Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power, in verse 6. With the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, the flood stood upright as a heap, in verse number 8. Thou hast guided them in thy strength, in verse number 13. You don't talk about strong. Hey, you don't talk about strong. Look what the Bible said. With a blast of of thy nostrils. Where the blast of thy nostrils. Everybody do this. Some people are scared to do that because their nose is haunted. It's got boogers in it. Miss Morgan, you know how to make a hanky dance? 
You put a little boogie in it. I'm sorry. With the blast, of, you told it to me. With the blast of his nostrils, Brother Dakota, God, I'm talking about the power of God. With, that's it. That's all it took. Hey, can I say something? God didn't stand up and take his hand and reach down to the Red Sea and pull it back this way and pull it back this way. You want me to tell you what I think he done? I think he brought his hand up to his nose and went, because he measures the world in the palm of his hand. He didn't have to reach down in the world because the world was in his hand. He was so powerful that day that all it took was the breath of his nostrils to part the Red Sea a mile and a half to the right and a mile and a half to the left. Can I say something to you tonight? If God can do that, if God can create the world that we live in, if God can allow his son to die on Calvary and then raise him up victorious over death, hell, and the grave, do you not think that God can take care of he has the strength tonight. Oh yeah. Why did she break out in a dance? Why did she break out in worship as we refocus on our work? Why should we do it? Because there is a strength that we have the power to tap into. I thought about this. Years ago, Leslie and I just got married and Brother Jerry, back then, truck and tractor pulling was real big in East Bend. You remember that. You was there. And uh, there's a buddy of mine. His name was Brooke Pruitt. Matter of fact, he might be watching tonight. And Brooke had an old pulling truck. His mama bought it new. And, and through the years, they ended up redoing it. And he built it into a pulling truck. And uh, he put a big motor in it. And he was kind of like myself. He didn't like getting beaten. So he tried to figure out a way to get more power out of that motor. Went over there one day and we was working on it and he said, I've got something that we're going to try. And I said, well, what is it? He said, it's called nitrous oxide. I said, I don't know much about it, but I'm liking the way it sounds. And he said, well, with one push of the button, I can add 200 horsepower. I said, praise God, let's put two buttons on it. Y'all with me? You know what? He'd start down the track, Brother Jerry. That truck could be doing all it could do. Hitting low gears. Wah! And all of a sudden, that big 466 would go from about 5,000 RPMs to about 7,000 RPMs, and he'd shift it into second gear. You want me to tell you what happened? He tapped in to another source. Oh, yes! I, I always knew I'd shout on nitrous oxide one day. Can I say something to you? There's, whoa, there's times in this life that I get down and I get out and I wonder how I'm going to make it. And I pile up in the secret place and say, oh, God. And all of a sudden, there's another strength from another world, from another source that I get hooked up to. Oh, why did he dance that day? Because of the strength. The strength. I thought about this. Why did she dance that day? Number two, the Bible said the Lord is my strength and song. 
and song. Now I understand there is no substitute for the preaching of God's Word. Somebody say amen. If there's anything for 14 years that we've majored on at Amazing Grace Baptist Church, it has been the preaching of God's Word. Somebody say amen. If there's anything we'll focus on as long as I'm here, it is the preaching of God's Word. But there is something wonderful about hearing a choir get up and sing in the power of the Holy Ghost of God. And these ladies get up and sing about Jesus uh, passing by my way uh, and knowing who holds tomorrow. I'm glad the day I got saved uh, by the grace of God. He put a new song in my heart. You know what happened right after they got saved? They went to singing. Right after they, they experienced crossing the Red Sea and standing on the sweet banks of deliverance, you know what happened? They immediately began to sing a song unto the Lord. They had a song in their heart. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Where's your song at? Was there a time that you had a song in your heart. I said this the other night. I'm going to say it again. You ever seen somebody singing in a choir? And I stood right here tonight so I can pick on the person that was standing right here. Now, I'm not going to stand nowhere else because I don't know where everybody else was, was standing. And if I go to that place and do it, then somebody's going to say, well, the preacher talked about me tonight in church. <laughs> and whenever you say things like that, it might not have been that the preacher was talking about you. It might have been that the Holy Ghost was convicting you. Right. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, preacher. Chase that rabbit a little while. I believe I'll leave it alone. Think about this. You ever seen somebody in the choir? And man, what a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face. But have you ever seen that person in the choir? And what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look. Let me tell you what the difference is. They've got a song in their heart. They've been back down memory lane and they've realized what God has done for them and how good God has been to them. And they're looking forward to that day when they step out on the sweet banks of the heavenly shores and see the God that saved them. The song. I believe she danced because of the song. I'm going to tell you something. I want you to hear me right here. Now, I'm not going to get off on this. I want you to hear me. If you're not careful, you allow the devil to take your song from you. You allow the devil to take your song. You allow the devil to, to cause you to worry about this and that and the other. And the devil will rob you of your song. Why did she dance? Well, because of the strength, because of the song. Watch this, number three. Quit, quit reading in verse number two because y'all know what the next word is. Watch this. Why did she dance before the Lord? The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. He is. Oh, yeah. The salvation of the Israelites is also found throughout the song of victory. Listen to this. Verse number two, he become my salvation. The Bible said this in verse 13. Thou in thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. 
What about verse 16? The people which thou hast purchased. You know what she was saying? She's saying because of what God has done. Salvation is always the same no matter where you find it. It is of the grace of God. That is mercy. It is found in the person. That is He. And it is the result of a price paid by another. And that is the redeemed. And which is you and I. The reason that we have salvation tonight is because somebody else uh, paid the price for our sin. Watch it as she danced because of salvation. I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you're still not excited that God saved you, you may not have got what I got. You may not have got what I got. I've never got over. I have never got over July the 20th, 1994. I've never got over that night at youth camp when God rung my bell halfway back on the left-handed side and I got up and walked out the door and went to the adult men's prayer room and knelt underneath that thermostat and cried out to a thrice holy God and Him in His mercy and in His grace. He didn't give me what I deserved that night. He'd have thumped me off into hell. But in His mercy and in His grace, He bestowed salvation to me. I don't never want to get over that I'm not going to hell tonight. I don't ever want to get over that. I said this in the early service this morning. I wonder what the first words to Isaac was when Abraham cut him loose from the altar. I wonder what the first words was Here's what I said. This is Barkerology. Let me tell you what I think the first words was. You that was here in the 9 o'clock service understands that it was so much more than killing him. But he was going to skin him. He was going to cut his flesh up. He was going to fillet him off the bones. He was going to burn him on the altar that day. Leviticus 1. That burnt offering. Here's what I think he said. Has he cut him loose that day? I believe the first things that he said to Isaac was something like this. Son... You don't have to burn. Can I say something to you tonight? Some 2,000 years ago on the same hill there was a man named Jesus Christ who marched up that hill and carried a cross on his back and died for you and died for me. You know what he was saying? When he said it is finished he was saying son you don't have to burn. Oh yeah she danced before God. Because of salvation. Because of salvation. You remember when God saved you? You remember when God came to where you was at? You remember, I can look out over the congregation. I remember some of y'all sitting here of the day you got saved. I remember that Sunday night. I didn't think Jerry would ever get saved. I'm just being honest. Miss Linda probably thought that even more than I did. I remember that Sunday morning, boy, God rung his bell. He went out the door. Miss Linda said, please pray for him, preacher. I said, I'm going to. Brother Heath come up from youth church. I looked at Brother Heath. I said, run home and get you a bite and then come back. He said, okay, but what are we doing? I said, we're going to Jerry Kidd's house. He said, where does he live? And I said, I don't know. I said, but I'm going to call Gavin and we're going to find out. I said, I got connections, even if Gavin don't know. I promise you, I'll know where he lives here in just a minute. You know what I found out where he lives? We got in the truck and we went over there. We sat that afternoon and I began to talk about the Lord and we'd go tractor pulling. 
I'd begin to talk about the Lord and we'd shoot skeet. I, I, Brother Jerry ignored it every way he could ignore it, didn't he, Miss Linda? We, we shot skeet, we tractor pulled, we farmed, we raised cattle, we picked up hay. I was tired and about ready to take a nap. And finally, I just looked at him and I said, Brother Jerry, you can go to hell if you don't get saved. He said, I will one day, preacher. And I said, won't you do it right now? He wouldn't. And here's what he told me. He said, I'll see you tonight at church. We got back out of the car and I looked at Brother Heath and I said, he'll be at church tonight. I don't mean this disrespectful. I said, but them old timers, that's their, their word is their bond. If he says he's coming tonight, he'll be at the church house tonight. Sure enough, he came to church that night. He sat about where he's sitting at now. The choir got up and sang, special singing, and I preached. I got done preaching. He's sitting there with tears running down his face. And I said, oh, God, get him. Oh, God, get him. And he wouldn't move. And then I about got mad. <laughs> Anybody else ever been there? Then I about got mad. I just kept praying within myself, God, get him. All of a sudden, he broke out. <laughs> he piled, oh, yes. He piled up in an altar that night. God saved by the grace of God. He went out this morning and he said, Preacher, ever since then, I don't care who knows it. I don't care who hears me pray. I don't care who hears me shout. God done a work in my life. May we never get over that work that God done in our life. The reason we worship, the reason we praise Him, the reason she danced before God was because of salvation. The devil will put everything out in front of you and cause you to forget that. The reason you're here tonight is because of God, because of salvation. Watch this. I've seen another word here. and I'm not going to take it out of context. I'm just going to deal with the word. The Bible said this. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. I understand it saying that I will prepare him a habitation. But I've seen that word habitation. And it simply means this, and there's a multitude of definitions, but it simply means shelter. Now I understand that they're saying I will prepare him a habitation. But I can't help but to wonder in the back of her mind when the word habitation come up, if she couldn't think about the shelter that God had been for them. The shelter. I got to thinking about that. Here's what Psalm said about it in Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Hear what He said in Psalm 61. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tire from the enemy. Here's what they said in Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help. In trouble. I believe she danced because of the shelter that God had been. Watch this, chapter 13. Let me show you something. Chapter 13. The Bible said this in verse number 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Verse 22 says, He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night, from before the people. When God began to lead them on this journey, God gave them something to guide them the way. In typology, that is a type of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost of God. When I got saved, God indwelt in me the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. 
They have left Egypt. They're running from the Egyptians. The Egyptians pursue after them. They get to the Red Sea. They're in a pickle, man. Desert mountains, the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army. What are they going to do? God tells Moses, stretch forth your rod over the Red Sea, and I'll part it. Watch what the Bible said now in verse number 19 of chapter 14. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. That's that, that's that cloud that God had given them, that type of the Holy Ghost. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Well, what about that? You know what our first reaction would be? Lord, I'm going that way. What are you doing back there? Somebody say amen. But can I just say, he knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. Watch verse number 20. Chapter 14, verse number 20. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And tell you what happened that day. Around two and a half to three million Jews are making their exodus out of Egypt's land in a mixed multitude also. And they're making their exodus out of Egypt's land. And they get to the Red Sea. And whenever they get to the Red Sea, God parts it to the right and to the left. One writer said three miles altogether, a mile and a half to the right and a mile and a half to the left for some close to three million Jews to make the crossing in one night. In one night. And you know what that cloud done that had been leading them? That cloud rolled over behind them. Why? Because they had to funnel down. Think about it. They, they couldn't be spread way out. They didn't have but three miles. And you say, well, three miles is really wide. That's three million. They got one night to cross the Red Sea. And you know what God done? God picked that up. And he went behind the children of Israel. This probably thinking, Lord, what are you doing? God knew what he was doing. And God made it darkness for the Egyptians where they couldn't do nothing. All they could do was stop in their tracks. They couldn't do a thing. But you know what was happening to God's people? That's over there in the daylight walking across dry ground. Walking across. Dr. Garris used to preach a message on what did the sea say when the sea saw. I wonder what the sea said that day. I wonder what the fishes in the sea said that day when all of a sudden three million comes walking through the middle of it. Could you imagine? You want to talk about a walk through aquarium, baby. The mountains of waters on one side and on the other and all the time while the children of Israel was experiencing the miracles of God, the enemy couldn't do nothing. I'm talking about a shelter tonight. There's probably been a lot of times in our life that we really didn't understand what was going on. And you know what God was doing? God was keeping the enemy at bay. Hallelujah. And allowing us to march forward. Let me show you one more thing. Why did Miriam dance? We're refocusing on worship. I believe she saw the strength, the song, the salvation, the shelter. But note what he says. 
Bible said this, I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt who? I will exalt him. They didn't say, Moses didn't say, we're going to exalt anybody else. I'm going to exalt him. I see the strength, the song, the salvation, the shelter, but I see this in closing. I see the sovereign. Who orchestrated every bit of this? God. Matter of fact, here's what they said in verse number 11. Come start playing, Miss Tanya. Who is like <laughs> unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? said, who's like you? Matter of fact, Isaiah said it this way in chapter 40, verse number 18. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto Him? You know what the writer's saying? Saying it simply this way, and we've heard everybody preach a message on this. They just ain't nobody like Him. The sovereign. The so that word sovereign means this. Supreme in power. Possessing supreme dominion. As a sovereign ruler of the universe. Superior to all others. Chief. Chief. They just ain't nobody above him. He is all sovereign. He's all supreme tonight. And you know what? Miriam said, when I see the sovereign, when I see him for who he is, boy, it ought to make us break out into worship. Into worship. They just ain't nobody like him. They, they, they just ain't nobody. They ain't nobody like him. He is the only God. All others are little G-O-D-S's. I said this before years ago, preaching, but I'm going to say it again tonight. It come to my mind. I'd hate to know that I had to carry God with me. You ever saw some people, they carry God, they carry little Buddhas with them. Or they carry little gods with them. Well, it'd been real bad if I'd have got to church tonight and forgot God, wouldn't it? Hey, Brother Robert, you got God. I need to borrow your God. Well, no, I, I thought you'd bring God tonight. Well, I ain't got him. And if me and you ain't got him, I probably ain't nobody else here going to have him. I'm going to check with Mama. She'd be the next closest thing to having God besides me and you. Mama, you got God? Nope, I ain't got God. I thought, I'm glad that I don't have to carry God with me. I'm glad God carries me with him. Can I just say that again? I'm glad I don't have to carry God with me. God carries me with Him. He's sovereign. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. One that's altogether lovely. The dearest friend I've ever had. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The lily of the valley. The bright morning star. The rose of Sharon. Our soon-coming king... He's sovereign. And when we see His sovereignty, I'm going to tell you something, it ought to make us worship. It ought to make us realize 
He lets us do this. He lets us. He lets me read my Bible every day. He lets me talk to Him every day. He lets me sing the song that He put down. The devil's not getting my song any longer. He lets me sing the song God put in my heart. Why did she dance when she walked back down memory lane and saw just how good God was to her? She broke out in a timbrel and a dance. I ask you this question one more time. How long has it been since you worshiped?